Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Donetta, aka D.E. Williams, and of course, I am here to talk ish and chew bubblegum. What is going on? Okay, so I have not stayed away from social media, but I need to. Um, I have a few short stories that I'm turning into screenplays. Um, these are for horror segments. So I have maybe like three that I've already written out that I need to turn into a script. And so that has a lot of formatting and all of this stuff. But the deadline to turn these in for this contest is October 31st. (laughs) So I need to get to work. So I stopped writing in my feature which I have so many, so many features, but I've been working, dedicating my time to in the presence of strangers, which I've been working on since 2009 with my brother. Now, being involved in black screenwriters, uh, groups, networking for um, filmmakers and indie filmmakers, I've come to realize that I need to up my game, um, the log line and the the movie, the plot and everything was just a typical screenplay or feature, a screenplay feature um, in regards to a serial killer, you know, killing and that's it. I didn't have, I mean, we didn't have like a, a really inciting, you know, plot or any type of high concept plot. Like, why do we need to make this? What is this, you know, as far as this serial killer, what makes him different from the last serial killer that we've seen? And so I wanted to change it up a bit. And even being in a screenwriter's class, we discuss and talk about um, gender and what other producers and what um, these um, production companies are looking for. So a lot of the information came back that they're looking for female leads. They're looking for really uh, female-based movie scripts, which, of course, most of the horror and suspense thrillers, we do have the protagonist as the female or the antagonist when you think about Lifetime movies, etc. So I did switch it up. Um, I did let my brother know how like I switched it up because this is what the people are looking for. And I felt like I was in a um, a dead end anyways with the script because I couldn't really get excited about it. Because, again, I'm asking myself, what makes this different from any other script, you know? And by me creating these characters in a different light, especially adding a female lead... Um, and kind of mirroring her character with some of the female lead detectives that I've watched over the years has really pushed me to write a lot more than I've ever written for this particular script because I was really stuck. I wasn't doing anything like, what am I going to do with this? But I want to do it because, you know, we started and I want to do it. I want to complete it. So that's where I'm at. So 
I've started that. I got in the presence of strangers and, you know, I'm just, it's flowing. It's flowing. The the creative thoughts are flowing. Um, it's, it's there. So I just have to put it down on paper. And every time if I wake up, if I think about something, then I'm getting my phone, I'm going to the notepad, and I'm, you know, throwing all of that information in there. So I started back on it and I have to go back in because somebody posted in the Black Screenwriters group on Facebook about high concepts of your um, your plot or your storylines, especially your log lines. And what a log line is, is the synopsis of what you're going to write about. I don't know if I said that right, but whatever. It's like the thesis, the hypothesis of your experiment. What is it? So, and that's what I have. Um, but I have other, one of the, uh, the scripts that I have, it's not a feature. I wanted to write it as a TV spec script, um, even though some, no one is calling for it. But because that was already a female lead and it's based on an African a female who was born in Africa, but her family moved to uh, the States and she was literally raised in America. So she wasn't um, really raised in, you know, as far as an African um, cultural background, even though she, you know, she received it and she learned it and, you know, um, was able to bond, you know, with her parents over that, that cultural aspect of her, um, heritage. Um, she doesn't actually, you know, go along with that cultural aspect as far as her parents, you know, your father, and they're very strict and they have certain restrictions based on her being in the States and they want her to follow certain, um, paths, especially, um, career paths, um, and one of her career paths that she's chosen, she hasn't even let them know that she's in that particular career. Even her friends don't even know because she didn't want anybody to know. And throughout this, it's going to come out. And I started working on that and I wanted her to, we see her in one situation and then she moves, you know, one situation, whereas she's in her career place in the state that she's living in, away from her family and friends. And we see her interaction with the people that she worked with and what her goal is in that particular position and how it leads her to going back home. And then she becomes, you know, this person that wants to pretty much do what she's trying to get done in her career that she sees a wall You know, they're placing a wall there for her and she's going to take it upon herself to say, well, I can do this. And that's how it it leads into that particular storyline. And then we got some other stuff, some twists and all of that. So it, for me, it takes a a lot longer. I want to be able to do something before I'm, you know, too old to do it. But, um, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, However, I did jump on, okay, because um, I don't, you know, I don't even know who's listening, but uh, I just be talking. So I do have, I haven't even never talked about my, my weight or whatever, but um, I am so stoked. I'm so happy in regards to me fighting 
the you know the bulge um the the overweight being obese <laughs> and i recently and I, I wasn't even gonna get on the scale today okay and i was like you know i'm just gonna get on today would be 72 hours of me fasting and i was like let me just get on today and then I'll do like a read feed, a refeed for just an hour because when I'm fasting, I do like 48 hours, 72 hours. Um, the longest I've ever done it was a straight 10 days. And that was in 2019 when I really wanted to lose so much weight. And I lost like 35 pounds. And I felt so good, but that's when I got pregnant because I lost that weight. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> But it was only 35 pounds and then I've gained it all back. And I can't say it was due to the pregnancy because I literally only gained 10 pounds by December of 2019 before Christmas. I had got down from 330 to 299. That was a big deal for me. And when I got pregnant, which was I was already pregnant. And didn't know it. But um, in 2020, when I had my son, even throughout the whole process of being pregnant, again, I only gained like 10 pounds. So I stayed between 310 and 312. Um, I lost weight, of course, after having my son. I got down to 308. Now, how in the fuck did I get back up? But I did. Okay. Um, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can get out of the 300s if I would have been disciplined enough. But, you know, we always can't go back and say what I should have done, what I could have done, because that's in the past. And um, I went from 308 after having my son to 329.3. That was the number. And I got on a scale that was... trying to think was that in June I know I started back trying to get into more better shape and I wasn't 329 I was like 322 um or 325 like that and it was late July or August and I got on the scale and it was 329.3 and I was like how the fuck did I do that and I was it was crazy and it's so easy to put on the weight it's so hard to take it the fuck off to get it off and I was like you know what I gotta do I gotta go back to what I was doing and my body do not like carbs sweets and carbs those I mean it's like those it's crazy and that's what I like you know I like drinking coffee and eating sweets and I love carbs I love bread shit I love bread I love you know I'm not like a pasta pasta either eater but I do love bread <laughs> and I love sweets so cakes and shit like that um I don't like chocolate as much as I did before I got pregnant with my son now I don't like it as much which is crazy because when I was pregnant he did not like chocolate I didn't even want it and he didn't like while while I was pregnant I didn't want no no fried chicken 
I mean, fried chicken literally made me sick. Um, and what made me sick recently, so I haven't been eating any fast food. And still, as far as the fried chicken, I do have like some boneless wings and stuff from um, Walmart, the little um, deli. But I'm not going back to Popeye's for a while. So it's been a while. Um, I ate at, I was like, let me eat just one place somewhere that I haven't been, which was Popeye's, before I start my fasting and really detox. So I went to Popeye's and they gave me some burnt fucking chicken. And then they didn't give me my coleslaw. Yeah, I'm still mad about that. Um, But that was like now, that was in August and I haven't been, you know, anywhere. So, oh. But here we are, okay? So, and I was very excited to get on the scale. I was questioning, like, should I get on the scale or wait till Friday? Um, But I didn't want to go and do my refeed for an hour to two hours and not know what my weight was. And generally, when I started doing this in 2019 with the fasting Um, I would get on every day and base it on how I was eating. So that way I can learn or know, am I gaining weight? Am I stalling? Am I maintaining my weight if I eat this and work out? And I noticed that eating too many carbs throughout my, my eating schedule, I would gain weight. Let's say if I ate um, one meal a day or ate a minimum of only 1,500 calories or less, I would say between 1,100 and 1,500 calories, I would maintain my weight. I wouldn't gain, I wouldn't lose. That's if I did not eat carbs or no sweets, Um, no dairy like milk cereal, stuff like that, because of course my pre-diabetes, because I'm not claiming type 2, my pre-diabetes, I I got another doctor that I'll be going to starting the 18th, but I got to call him because I can't remember what time I said it for, anyways, uh, I got on the scale, okay, I know I cut off somewhere, so I can't remember, but Me learning how to eat per my schedule, what my calorie intake is, how to maintain what fucks me up and makes me gain weight, what I have to stay away from. Carbs, sweets, Um, little to none, little to none. My body just reacts to them very differently than people who have a high metabolism. I don't have a high metabolism. Therefore, I have to watch what I eat, even if I exercise. If I eat carbs, here's the thing. um, Based on my experiment, if I eat carbs, based on my eating schedule, even let's say if I did it for breakfast and then also for lunch, also for dinner, I'm gaining weight, even if I'm working out every day. Working out means absolutely nothing because you don't you can lose weight without working out okay and you can google that so many people say it but i learned that shit from experience so even if i was eating and and working out 
between 45 minutes to an hour every day, I was still gaining weight. Because I was eating carbs and sweets. When I stopped eating carbs and sweets and I only worked out every other day, in the morning sometimes or at night, and generally they'll say it's best to work out on an empty stomach. You'll lose more fat that way. So I started working out in the morning and I follow um, Body for Days on YouTube. So check her out. And guess what? I started losing weight. Even if I was still at my, my maintained calorie intake, 1,500, between 1,100 and 1,500, no carbs, no sweets, I'm losing That's amazing because I really believe that people don't understand you just your body. You just can't do you can't eat everything that somebody else eats. You're not you're going to, you know, possibly gain weight even if you exercise. So you may not, you know, lose anything if you're trying to lose and you're eating carbs and working out, which was my situation. So when I got on the scale, I was I was like, oh. I was when I saw it, I was so so stoked because I had been fighting. I went from 329.3 starting in August, August 29th, and then September 22nd, I weighed in, I was 313.8. Since September 22nd, I've been up and down. 314. One time I went to 315. I was like, fuck. What am I gonna do? Stop eating carbs. No sweets, no sugar, um, no coffee, no. So, and um, even though I was working out, I'm on the treadmill. I'm working out doing body for days. I'm doing uh, my chair exercise because I have sciatica and my back just, one time I just had this pain shoot in my back when I was on the treadmill. So I haven't even been on the treadmill. Okay, so no treadmill. I've just been doing YouTube work at home videos. And... I'm losing weight. Even chair exercises because I keep my Fitbit on. So it's telling me, hey, you're losing weight. Keep doing this, okay? So when I got on the scale, it was 310.2. I was like, it was like, you know, just these hallelujah, you know, these everything. I saw the light. I saw everything. I was so stoked because I had been fighting with that 3.8 pounds, which I only lost 3.6. So that 0.2 is still there. It's still hanging on you little shit. So I lost 3.6 pounds and I was so stoked. So from September 22nd till yesterday, October 6th, it took me that long to lose 3.6 freaking pounds. And I still need to lose that 3.2 pounds. I mean, that 0.2 pounds, which is that 3.8 to get me, you know, 310. That's not my goal, okay? My goal is to get out of the 300s by the end of this month. And if I stick with the regimen, if I stick with what I know, what to do with my body, I can do it. I know I can do it. And I, I want to get out of it. I want to get out. I want to lose. 
I have to lose. Okay. And, um, so the total that I've lost from starting August 29th to today, well, yesterday when I weighed in, um, October 6th, I'm 19.1 pounds down. That's almost 20 pounds. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's, you just don't I mean, losing weight, even losing three pounds, four pounds, five pounds, seven pounds, it's an excitement because all of your heart rate, I feel like I've been doing this for years and I've only been doing it since August. So I'm stoked. Okay. And, you know, I'm finally, you know, finally see that damn number drop. And I just want to know, is my stall over? (laughs) If I stick with what I know. And how to eat and how to exercise and what I should eat. And if I should exercise and when I should exercise, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, am I gonna see another stall? Maybe so, you know. But I feel like if I stick to everything I know and don't and don't fade out and say, okay, well, I can start doing this. No, no, stick to what I I'm gonna stick to what I know so that way I can just lose. Just keep losing until I get to my goal. After I get out of the 300s, I need to get out of the 200s. And I need to get healthy. Losing for health is my main goal. Now, and that's where I'm at in my personal life. And I'm still there personal. I mean, everything is still personal. I'm doing the 31 days, a 31-day hard challenge where they give us so many... Um, so many cool things to do. Um, so like for for the last six days, the first day it was a reanimated movie. So like Frankenstein or something like that, Dracula, whatever, zombies, mostly zombies, but I chose like something like Frankenstein, bringing somebody back to life. And I chose Monster Squad, the Monster Squad um, movie. And then day two was 80s horror and I chose Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, of course. I had so many choices, but I haven't seen that in a while. And I just did a whole, every Friday the 13th movie. And I did every Child's Play movie, uh, which from the 80s to the 90s. Um, Day three was autumn. Am I saying that? Autumn vibes. Autumn. (laughs) I can't never talk or say certain things. And so they were looking at things, I guess, around like fall pumpkins and stuff like that. But I did the village because that was on the list. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do for Autumn Vibes? And I just did The Village because I haven't seen it in a while. So, And it's still a good movie. I mean, it's one of my favorites from M. Night Sh- Shalaman. Um, day four was Monster Mash. And I did Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. Listen, Abbott and Costello, so hilarious. But that one was funny, but not as funny as Hold That Ghost. <laughs> Hilarious, And so I watched that one because, I mean, um, not Hold That Ghost, but I watched Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein, which wasn't just Frankenstein. So it was definitely a monster mash because we had Frankenstein, the Wolfman, and Dracula. Hey. So it was definitely a monster mash movie. And yet, not yesterday, the fifth day was first time watch. So I watched... And I had been watching first time movies before the challenge. So I was like, damn, I already seen that. 
because I keep finding stuff to watch. Um, I, I watched. Am I gonna remember? <laughs> so crazy. I'm not gonna remember what I watched. What did I watch? That is so crazy. So I'm gonna go find it. That's so crazy. That I can't remember. Um. Oh, I can't believe I can't remember this. Um, so the first time watch, I watched um, Separation, which was on Peacock. Or was it Paramount? Oh my God. I got some. Okay. I think it was either Peacock or Paramount, but it was called Separation and it was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. And um, I kind of figured it out what was going to happen this particular character was just like eh. I was like oh, I'm not feeling her she's you know she's something she's something and then yes she was something so <laughs> so that's what I watched for first time watch and then yesterday and I don't know what I'm gonna watch today but yesterday um I watched um for it was Netflix and Kill so I watched two movies I watched the ritual and I watch there's someone inside your house that was a newer one too as well on Netflix so um and those both of those were pretty good and I enjoy watching both of them um the ritual uh it was a lot I mean it was good as far as the cinematography and the plot and everything it was um when, when you're watching it, it it you know the first scene because you know writing screenplays you learn that that first um, scene, first uh, screen time or whatever that you write about, that's when you intrigue and you catch your audience and you reel them in from that very first moment to keep them interested in what they're looking at. And so, and that's exactly what this movie did per the ritual. So even if it was something weird and you were like, what's going on? That first scene pretty much reeled you in and you were going to continue watching it. And so... (laughs) That's where I was with that one. And so, you know, everything has been going good. Me and my son, we already got our Halloween costumes. I can't wait. Cannot wait. Um, it's going to be so fun to do. I don't know if people are going to realize what my character is. Um, but it's going to be fun. And um, as far as to reveal, I can't wait. Um one of the things also that I got on, they were stating that what made me write this long ass post um, was in regards to first the COVID situation, the vaccines and shit. I'm just really getting tired of people. I know I did a podcast on the anti-vaxxers or whatever and if we should have any empathy for them, blah, blah, blah. And here's the thing. I don't care if people don't want to be vaccinated. Whatever. However, you can't, if you don't want to have people for, if you don't want your government to force you, or if you don't want people like your employer to force you um, to get vaccinated, then quit. Don't go. Leave. You know, they feel so oppressed. However, how many times have they told that to people of color? If you don't like it here, leave. Go back. We've always heard that 
from them. That has always been their argument against people of color stating that they feel oppressed in this so-called racist country. They would always say, leave, go back. They've never had empathy for people of color screaming or raising our voice of being oppressed in this country. And all of a sudden they feel oppressed. And then of course you have black people with them and they feel oppressed with them. And that brought me to saying, it's just crazy as far as black people. I don't think that we even understand what the fuck it is that we be doing sometimes. Okay. And it's so aggravating me. And I know in my last post, I was like, I want to get away from it all. I want to get away from the black people. I want to get away from the white people. I want to go somewhere where I don't really see them, where they're not the majority, where like in this country and, and even in the UK, which I would be more drawn to the UK um, because of their uh, less crime as far as gun violence, etc. cetera. Um, even though they still are big on racism there um I would still be more drawn to it because it's more modernized for me because me and my son if we go there then we would and uh we would you know still be speaking the same language as everyone else um as far as the majority um things would just be almost not the same but we would be a little bit more comfortable versus going somewhere where we didn't speak that native language however I'm constantly and that's the reason I'm going to do so many trips um, coming up and I'm going to get his um, I still haven't got it oh my god um, his passport so that way we can travel next year definitely to some places so that way I can just get a feel of what it would be like to be in in that surrounding with those people and get a feel of how I feel with those people. I'm also wanting to get a feel of how it is in the UK, such as certain areas in London and places like that. Um, So we'll see. You know, um, I don't know. Maybe if I lose weight, I'll get some UK guy to marry me or something. (laughs) Whatever. Um, So... I mean, this is what I thought, because this was about Letitia Wright stating that she was um, basically um, spewing some anti-vax information. And everybody's always talking about being canceled because you don't go with the norm flow, blah, blah, blah. And they, it was on um, Hollywood Unlocked or whatever. I think that's it. I'll go back in to the Instagram. But... What I wanted to put, and I erased it because it was so long. So that's the reason I was like, let me just put it on here and I'll put it somewhere else um, and and break it down (laughs) because it's a lot. So, you know, here's the thing. People can be anti-vax warriors. You know, it's not about being canceled when people are dying. If we switched this entire thing around or go back to when it first started, how many recall how people were looking for our local state and federal leaders to handle this. Then when Fossey and the other CDC, whomever, you know, when they told them folks, and you know what folks I'm talking about when I say that, who was more affected and at risk by COVID, okay, they switched up. 
And I want people to go back. I'm going to start posting it because I really want people to really go back and start researching it, Google it, and find out how people how people were responding, either through um, media, social media, um, and see how people were responding to when this thing first happened, which would have been in uh, February and March of 2020 because March of 2020 that's when we were sent home and said y'all just gonna work from home and I want people to see what was actually happening and when they were they were taking it serious until okay um when they realized who was more affected and more at risk they switched up they no longer cared They started marching to local government buildings, demanding to overturn the shutdowns. All when they knew all lives didn't matter. They already know all lives don't matter. They only scream that shit again. I've said it. They only scream that shit when it's an outcry to debunk Black Lives Matter. Okay? And here's the thing. This is what's so hilarious because I've seen more Blacks with family members, friends, losing their lives loved ones okay but blacks are always so quick to join in with the same people that started to not care only when they were told that black and brown people and the elderly were the only ones more at risk then those same people decided they no longer cared blacks started posting what these folks were citing on anti-mask anti-vax etc yet on one hand blacks calling the good old boy us of a racist but following them on being anti against fighting a pandemic that day people of color are more at risk to catch and die you can't make this ish up my opinion still stands and my when i say my opinion still stands it still stands to when we were back in march 2020 or in the beginning when people started going against the shutdowns okay let them fall where they may but most of us we don't want to die because of someone's anti-bs hell i just don't want to catch it again because i almost lost my life and even though i'm so blessed i've lost loved ones a good friend that i cannot believe is gone she wasn't unhealthy she wasn't obese but the effects of COVID took her life anyway i can't be nothing but thankful and grateful and i want to do everything and anything i can to not die to not catch it to give it to any of my family Okay, and or friends. However, I do believe if people don't want to be vaccinated, that's their right. So quit. Leave. You can't force people to protect themselves, especially if you don't want to be forced to be vaccinated. Make it make sense. And that's what I put. It's just, it's tiring because you got these people who, if we were in a different regard, if we were in a different situation, and let's say if FOSI and CDC never stated that there was only certain people more affected, more at risk, they literally put us in this situation because people were falling in line. People were doing what they needed to do. 
we may have been able to fight this COVID. You may have had people, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have had it at this numbering rate of people being anti-vaxxers. I just, I, I really believe that. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. People literally, these people, these folks, and you know what I mean when I say these folks, literally changed, changed that, that tune that they were singing, that tune, that whole perspective of what was happening changed when they were told that they weren't the ones that were more at risk, period. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. Our country, our world is so divided when it comes to racial, when it comes to racial situations or people, period. Because when you look at a racist or when you look at someone who's like that, they're against not only certain people of color, they're against people who are disabled. They're against people who they feel like are weaker than them. Um, hell, we've seen racist people, they'll come out and, and this is the crazy part because they are so, they make it seem as if they're so for veterans. Yet there's a, those are the main ones we've seen so many, there are so many accounts where you've had racist people and you knew that they were racist, literally attacking veterans, attack, attacking people who were disabled, but who have served in this fucking country. There's something mentally wrong with these people. And they do not have empathy for other people's lives. They are standing together. They are anti-vaxxers. They are anti-maskers. Because they don't give a fuck about other people's lives. That is the bottom line. And it's never going to be anything any different. America right now is not one of the greatest places to be. It never will be. I literally had someone reach out to me. It was based on the the Texas mass shooting. Of course, they're calling it mass shooting because there was more than one or two people that died. But most people are looking at it to be something totally different. It's not the same typical mass shooting that we've seen and heard of. Um, but they're calling it what it is. And I had someone, this person does not live in this country. And they responded to me on Instagram. I feel bad for some people in America. It's the most dangerous country in the world. They are killing each other. And even kids have become very violent. America continues to say, oh, we have the best country in the world. While the rest of us laugh at this. I think you should try to violate, to uh, basically separate yourself and maybe go to another country, any country but America. And she stated, I wish you and your family well and hope that you guys can find a way to escape the horror that is called America. Take care, love from the land down under. And then we see what's going over there, okay? People are fighting the same thing, but it's Australia's also one of the known places of racism. I've seen so many videos of black and brown people getting attacked on the transit um, and by people, you know, non-people of color, literally being attacked. They're attacking security people. And it's like, it's so hard to go anywhere in this world. 
Um, but we are live. I mean, we are literally. I don't give a fuck what nobody's. I don't care if you're going to church, if you're a Christian, if you're doing this. We are living in the end of days. We're living in in the the hardest times, and it's more so because of where we live. Because of where we live, and once we change that narrative for ourselves, we can breathe. And that's what I want. I want to be able to breathe. I really do not. I I definitely am trying to work so hard. I do not want to raise my son here. I don't want my son because I just, it's getting worse. And so the, the reason why this person responded to me and when I sent, when I did my response is because my response on this particular post was related to that person stating that You know, no way would they bring a child into this world. Screw that. And my response to them was, remember, the good old boy USA is one of the top countries with highest gun crimes. Just because we're born here didn't mean we were destined to stay here. Mentally, this country and its gun rights, the increase in crime, drug and sex trafficking is all about the dominating race their ideology, and their politics. We aren't even living longer anymore because of our health, mentally and physically. It's really sad, and I pray I can relocate sooner than later out of this country. So, I mean, it's just... It's crazy. But a lot of people are just... I mean, people are stressed they're angered. We don't even know what the mentality is of some people and what their situations are and their backgrounds, what their environments are like in this country. And we're talking about in the United States of fucking America. And the fact that you got these people fighting, not just against the mask and the vaccinations, but you got people fighting because they don't want their children to feel uncomfortable while in school learning the truth about our history. They are so shamed about their fucking history. They don't want to learn about it so that way we can teach and grow because you haven't. As a parent, you haven't. Y'all just swept the shit under a rug and said, oh, it's over. No, it's not. You still have people who are racist. You still have people who are placing barriers and things, you know, and, and you got teachers who are racist, who are just incriminating and falsifying information, making our children feel less of who, you know, of who they are and who they should, you know, what they should feel like. And you get these people in these positions and they're fucking up generations after generations. And, but you're so afraid, you're so shamed of your own fucking history that you're stating that it's teaching racism because we're teaching the reality of who the fuck y'all were and are still. You cannot tell me that racism ended. You cannot tell me that y'all just stopped being fucking racist. I swear, I mean, these people, I mean, you had, and I'll have to bring her up, but you know, you have people who understand it. And they're not trying to hide it. They're trying to learn from it. So no, no, we're not trying to say that this information um, is going to teach racism. But we're trying to say that we need history. 
We need the truth. We need for y'all to stop fucking lying. We need for y'all to stop changing shit. Slavery was not a workforce program where we were immigrants. Immigrants are people who want to come over here. We had so many people die on those boats, okay? Killing themselves or dying on the boats. We had so many people being raped and fucking beaten and lynched by you motherfuckers. So to say that we were immigrants, to say that we were in a fucking workforce program, we weren't getting paid. Our ancestors weren't getting paid. And what y'all don't understand is that we are trained. We are learned, just like you are. Evidently, we have history. We have grandparents and parents who were, who learned their history from their people, who were taught by our ancestors. And it's a generational line. Do you believe that we don't know? Do you believe that we don't have that connection with our ancestors? It's it's just crazy. That these people can truly say that they just want to wipe away history when most of us have last names that weren't our true last names. Y'all know y'all last name. My last name is Williams. That's our slave master's last name. And that's what y'all... Y'all don't want to be uncomfortable knowing y'all truths, but y'all have made us uncomfortable for our our entire lives, our entire generation, from generation to generation to generation, you've made us uncomfortable. You've made every race of people that's not white uncomfortable. It's just, it's crazy. That we're here, still dealing with this shit. And that's the reason why it's like, we should just, you know, you have so many black people that's, like, y'all fighting for what? What are y'all fighting for? These people ain't going to never change. They're trying to change our history. They've been changing our history. You've been sending your children to these schools, learning their shit, not teaching your own. And you don't even know what they're really teaching them. And most blacks don't give a fuck. That's the bottom line. You got so many blacks that are having children that don't really care about what their children are learning. They just want them out of the house. We learned that during the pandemic when we had the school shut down and then they had to teach their own children or assist them at least. It's crazy on all sides. It's just crazy where we are today. And I just want to live a little longer. I don't want my son to be stressed out. So when he start getting older to that point of understanding, I want to, I want to definitely be somewhere else. That's the bottom line. So, again, I got a lot of shit going on. I got a lot of shit going on. And, of course, I'm always so passionate about everything that I always do and talk about and everything that's surrounding me. But losing weight and getting my writing together is helping, definitely. And I got so much other shit to talk about, but I just got to get it together. Get it together. Because I don't want to, you know go all crazy like I do. So 
Until the next time, this is Danetta, a.k.a. D.E. Williams. And of course, I am always here to talk-ish and chew bubblegum. Until the next time.